They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. This is They're Coming to Get You. I'm one of your hosts, Brent Terhune. I'm joined by Dream Warrior, the Wizard Master, Gavin Eddings. <laughs> How are you, Brent? I'm all right. I can't wait to go into the dreamscape and finally stand up out of this Professor X wheelchair. <laughs> oh, man. Today we are talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the Dream Warriors, a request that my friend Mike had been wanting us to talk about for a while. And we covered Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, mm-hmm. back in our first season. We were doing the heavy hitters, uh, just going through all those big franchises. And we had a good time discussing Child Murderer. Yes, Frederick Child Kruger. Murderer. No, no other, even though there's a girl in a tricycle in this one that says, this is where he brings us. He just brings them there to murder him. He's just bringing them to murder them in that <laughs> boiler room. Okay. No other motives. He has no other intentions other than to murder these children. And uh, if, if that's not respectable, I don't know what is just being a child murderer. This is a man who's just trying to get out there, make a living, murder some kids and go to bed at night. That man's just trying to cut and run. He's just trying to get out there, kill some kids and, and call it a day. And that is, He's just he's just like you or me, just trying to make a living. Uh, but yeah, the, the, and who who did you say requested this one, Gavin? Uh, this is my good friend, Mike, who I work with at my day job. And then uh, he's also a big fan of the show and listens to all the episodes, um, which is greatly appreciated. He left a review for us over on, I, on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts as Mike Haddonfield. So, Mike. This is for you. Anybody else, you can turn it off. This isn't for you anymore. It's just for <laughs> one. It's just for one person. But what was your first experience with Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors? I will say this is my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. This is what, you know, the research and seeing people talk about this. Uh, this is a lot of people's favorite Nightmare movie. I didn't see this. and I maybe watched all these, all the, the whole franchise, maybe. Uh, beginning of the pandemic so that's been a couple of years this is my least favorite horror franchise of the big three is nightmare on elm street um but this was I, a one that i i liked you know yeah i think i think nightmare on elm street even though i do enjoy them i think it's also probably my least favorite of the big three as well um i'm a friday the 13th guy mm-hmm. i know you are a halloween guy and yeah. then there are Nightmare on Elm Street people as well that we are just not. I, I like the franchise. It's just not my favorite. Yeah, it's not my favorite either, but I don't I don't hate this. And I uh, this is not I don't have any emotional attachment to this. So I know some people that's, you know, that's how you find favorite movies. You have some attachment to it. I'm I'm the same with certain movies, but I this was not a movie that I was brought up with. Doesn't really I don't feel one way or the other about it, but I do like it. I think it's a good movie. So this, I watched this for the first time back in 2003, right before Freddy versus Jason came out, mm-hmm. because I realized I'd seen some of the Friday the 13th, but in leading up to that release, I was like, I, I'm not going to know the backstory if I don't watch all of these other all movies. Of them. Yeah. Got to watch all, there were 10 Fridays at that point, And then there were also 
seven Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So I was like, if I don't watch these 15 or if I don't watch these 17 movies, I'm going to be lost with the lore. <laughs> so I went through Nightmare on Elm Street 1, which, which we discussed on our podcast back in season one, is a classic, it's an iconic movie. Mm-hmm has your favorite death of all time with a with a woman being a skeleton woman being lowered into a bed which back is at, just... back into the depths of the spirit halloween <laughs> um and then did you ever see night run on street 2 i do the gay one um yeah <laughs> it's you know it's, it's now it's championed as being one where it had uh uh, I don't know if it was clear to anybody, but gay undertones to it. And the one was the gym teacher goes to the, the nightclub and that yeah. one um, it's with, with towels, with towels and stuff. So it was, was it, it's Freddie's revenge. I yes. do think that one, I didn't hate that one either, uh, has the best looking Freddie in it besides, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Um, and I, I like that one too, but I, I think, you know, reading us commercially didn't do that well. And that's how they, they pulled Wes Craven back into the franchise. So it did. So, so the second one did actually end up making more money than the first movie. Okay. But it was not critically as well received because mm-hmm. it was very great. It's just, it's just a very gay movie and it's kind of being championed now as a, as a queer horror movie. Yeah. There is a well because uh, when docu- there were none, no gay yeah. horror. It's a you know I can imagine if I had a, a group that I was part of and they weren't being represented on the screen, that I would probably like it. Just be like, thank God there are people like me on screen. You know, yeah. And it wasn't perceived. I mean, it was it was always perceived as being very gay, mm-hmm. not in like a positive way. It's like this is this gay movie. I want to yeah. see it. But now they're now now they've gone back, and the main actor who plays Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two actually has a documentary on Shutter called Scream Queen: My Nightmare on Elm Street, which is mm-hmm. a very very good documentary about the making of that movie and how they had to have known what they were doing. They 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 had to. You can't just accidentally make a movie this gay and be like. Oh, was it? Was yeah. it? It's it so, is bizarre when somebody's like covered in head to toe in leather, like <laughs> like a, a Judas Priest, Rob Halford from Judas Priest are all <laughs> wearing leather, and then people are like, Can you believe that guy's gay? Yeah, I can. I can. <laughs> and just this idea of he wants to be inside me. It's like, oh okay, uh, real subtle there, guys. Real subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do agree that I think the Freddy two look does have a really good makeup look. And mm-hmm. in that, that scene on the pool party where he's just killing people at a, at a barbecue pool party is really cool. But nine run Elm street three needed to get back to the roots. And they're like, all right, new director. Uh, let's, let's make it a little less gay this time. And, and so, action. And, <laughs> and action. Well, it's directed uh, by a guy named Chuck Russell, screenplay by Wes Craven, Bruce Wagner. Uh, and then uh, this is a Frank Darabont. Look at that. Yeah, Frank and Darabont Chuck, of, of The Walking Dead fame. And uh, Shawshank Redemption, The Mist, uh, all that. And then uh, Chuck Russell also was a credit on the screenplay. And the story was by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner. Yeah, and you definitely can tell that Wes Craven had a feel to this because it builds on the lore of the first one. And mm-hmm. you can honestly go from Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and go right into Dream Warriors and miss nothing. That second one is pretty superfluous. It doesn't really address anything from mm-hmm. that. It's kind of the kind of the, the black sheep of the Elm Street franchise. But if you watch, honestly, if, if you watch these, you would think that 3 is just a direct sequel. But like It should have been the second one, really. 
Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, the, the way I watched it, cause it'd been a while since I watched it. And uh, usually I'm watching with a critical eye the first time I see it. And I, uh, it's, I don't know if it's being pretentious, but sometimes when I watch a movie for the first time, I'm just trying to take it all in. And I usually don't think it's as good as it normally is. So rewatching it, I enjoyed this, but it's still not my favorite franchise, but I will say that this, this one plays very much almost like a video game. Yes. Uh, it plays very much like uh, I told producer wife watching this. This is, seems like a very high budget. Are you afraid of the dark episode? That is a really good way to put it. And that's and not I me talking about shit. that way. I'm just saying when you watch those, if it feels like, are you afraid of the dark? One of those anthology series. It does feel like it's, a, it's its own anthology because each and there's kind of anthologies inside this as well, where each of the people locked up in the Weston Hills, mm -hmm. they are they are kind of like their own thing. They all have their own shit they deal with. They they all have their own nightmares. And later on, when they start getting powers, you're like, oh, these are distinct characters mm -hmm. and they're and they all care about each other. And this has a really good cast of characters who you actually care about and want to see them kill this child murderer, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and, I, you know, I made a list of the of the names because I I'm not familiar with this movie as well. So we have Philip, the, the sleepwalker. And I wrote he's a kind of a great value. Corey Feldman. Uh, <laughs> He's very Corey, Corey Feldman. That's not his fault, but, you know, if there's somebody more popular than you and you kind of look like them, it's a kind of the Johnny Depp uh, thing. Then you get Skeet Ulrich later and scream. You're like, that's mm -hmm. very Johnny Depp type character. We've got Kincaid. Uh, he's the the black guy that just can't keep his mouth shut. He's he's pretty mouthy and he's got super strength. Yeah. Uh, Joey, uh, the silent guy. And at first I, when he appeared on screen, I thought he had some kind of teardrop tattoo, but I don't know. It was weird. He, Maybe some, it was something. On a, I don't know. It didn't look like it, but a teardrop means you murdered somebody in prison. I, was, I thought he had the teardrop as well. And then it, it's gone for the rest of the movie. And I was like, why would he? Okay. What? Maybe that's not just me. Maybe it was like, no, sometimes I saw like, the teardrop. Well, there's something on the screen or something like that. You know, you scroll and if you're on your phone, you're like, why is that? Why does somebody have that something on their face? Oh, it's on my screen. But I thought he had a teardrop tattoo when he walked out of that room at the beginning. Yeah, I did, too. And I was like, I don't remember him. Maybe this is his backstory. Did, did he kill somebody in prison? Did he kill blood in, blood in, out. <laughs> did he kill somebody in the mental hospital? <laughs> what what happened? Uh, we have Will Stanton, the wheelchair, uh, the kid in the wheelchair who uh, eventually stands in the dream. We have uh, Jennifer. Uh, the the actor, she's uh, ready for prime time, and she's the Bitch. one that keeps uh, burning herself with cigarettes. And then uh, Tiernan, how do you describe Tiernan? Uh, Taryn? Yeah, Taryn. Yeah. <laughs> In my notes, I have her Tiernan. Tiernan. Uh, if I wasn't looking directly at the IMDb page right now, I'd be like, Tiernan, yeah, cool. Good, good. Uh, I'm glad yeah. somebody is. Taryn um, is beautiful and bad. And bad. It she's is also a recovering heroin addict. Some of these, yeah, that's the, that's her angle. Some of these are weird because, like, was it Jennifer the actor? Like, her power becomes she she's like very acrobatic. But no, then, that uh, that was Patricia Arquette's character. Okay, who, uh, yeah, Kristen. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then Jennifer she doesn't get her power because she gets killed early on and doesn't get that because it was the it was a blonde. 
yeah. and then also in the movie it's Kristen, but then some people will say Kirsten in the movie too, right? Yeah. So I I'm looking at the IMDb page. I'm going to say Kristen. It's Patricia Arquette. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll also refer to her as Patricia Arquette. Um, <laughs> yeah. As she was, she was an unknown at the time. Then she would always obviously go on to have a very good career that mm-hmm. that's still going on. Uh, sister to David Arquette mm-hmm. and Patricia Arquette as well. So just having a sister-in-law to Courtney Cox Arquette for a time from, <laughs> I don't and know. We talked about another Arquette. It was it in um, uh, Chucky, uh, Bride of Chucky. Wasn't yeah, there an I think Arquette I believe there? that was Patricia Arquette before yeah. they had Trent. No, that wasn't Patricia Arquette. It was because that the other Arquette, Ar- yes, yeah, who, <laughs> who 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 had tra- who had transitioned into a woman. Mm-hmm. So their 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 name escapes me right now, but I really do enjoy this movie. I like that it has that anthology feel where where they've all got their own kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. The movie mainly starts with um, you've got Kristen who's being kind of having the 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 nightmares as you do. Alexis not- Arquette. Alexis Arquette. There you go. go. And so Patricia Arquette's character is having nightmares. We get the boiler room scene where it's just very, it it does. I feel like they do in this, they still call him a child murderer, but they are starting to allude to him doing more to these kids without saying it. And that we, and uh, she's trying to stay up and she's just eating spoonfuls of coffee. (laughs) <laughs> which Instant is not coffee. a good way to eat. that that is not a that that is not how i take my coffee <laughs> i take my coffee with a lot of cream and yeah. also in liquid form i prefer dry i want to do this <laughs> what's that cinnamon challenge where you try to <laughs> <laughs> i do you think that if elm street kids were real do you think they'd all be on tiktok right now being like there's a man in a in a dirty brown hat yeah who is after me and i can't sleep they'd be like all right we'll do a dance then i think that would be a challenge is this the freddy challenge where you stay up as late as as long as you can and then eventually people will start dying because any challenge on the internet people die from it <laughs> he stayed awake for 46 days he just wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't go to sleep he died uh, I- I did allude, allude to that a second ago. I love that Freddy Krueger in this when Nancy comes in and is like trying to cope with the kids. She's like, I've seen him too. He's got a dirty brown hat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, Freddy's like, I clean this. Like I keep <laughs> my hat clean and an ugly red and green sweater. It's like, I like this bitch. Like, Hey bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, only real talk here on the podcast. Only real, real talk. You know what? Hat's not so bad. He, there are very few people who can make a fedora work. Freddie's one of them. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's weird that Freddie doesn't look weird with a fedora, but then you see other people wearing a fedora and you're like, you're a little bit creepy, but Freddie, he's fine. <laughs> Freddie's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> I think that guy over there might be kind of a creep. Oh, you mean the man with the horribly burned face? It's like no, <laughs> the guy in the denim vest and the and, fedora and the Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> All right, let's not. Hey, 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 hey! Listen. Come on, I'm a spell I, I'm slinger not, over I'm here. S- I'm not saying Magic the Gathering makes you weird. I'm saying the combo of Magic plus fedora. <laughs> But most things I feel like you're seeing how I'm dressed right now, holding my magic deck while wearing a denim vest and a fedora. And mm-hmm. I feel personally attacked right now. I'm just saying your vest needs a little bit more flair on it. <laughs> um, and then we, uh, what's her face? Uh, Patricia Arquette is transported back to the Freddie house. Cause it, that's the house from the first one. Right. And the second one. Yes. 
Yes. But it has now become what Freddie's house. How, what's the dynamic there? I think it may have all, I don't think it, it's never been his house, but mm-hmm. I guess it's just the house because mm-hmm. maybe because he was defeated by Nancy. That's where the sheriff lived who eventually mm-hmm. would kill him. Um, he's just obsessed with that one house. And it seems like there's a pretty high turnover rate on who's living in this house. Cause you had the legging, you had, um, you had Nancy in the first one and mm-hmm. then you had Jesse in the second one. So who's ever flipping this house is taking a loss because all these murders have to be pulling down the property value. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's like, Hey, did they tell you what happened in there? <laughs> so there was a, the last caretaker was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, he murdered his family with an ax. There well, you that go. Sounds fine. The big horror movie addict. Uh, uh, yeah. Go back and listen to our, uh, the shining episode, open up season three. Um, yeah, she's in, and then we get the, the song again, one, two, Freddie's coming for you. We get the people jumping rope, the kids, what anytime, a, what, a, what a bop, what a bop that he came up with. I'm surprised. Like who, who did the Freddy Krueger song? Was it Will Smith? Yes. Uh, nightmare on my street. Yeah. Like it, it lends itself. Nobody, nobody else really has a song for uh, Freddie or Michael Myers doesn't have it. I mean, they have a score, but not no yeah. lyrics, you know, the, the, they have their themes. But Freddy Krueger, like we kind of talked about in our Nightmare on Elm Street episode, unlike Freddy or, or unlike Jason or Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, I would say, is more of a pop cultural icon. Yeah. In the in the way that kids weirdly like him because he talks and like there's no Michael Myers, Will Smith rap song about killing babysitters on on my street. I know the, I'm not the sure. character doesn't lend itself, you know, but Freddie can speak. And then you get welcome to prime time, bitch. You get some it's more humor based to it. You know, this is the in this one there. It feels like this is where they start to lean into Freddie being sarcastic, kind mm-hmm. of funny, very witty whipping when doing kills which this dream warriors has a really good balance of that where he's mm-hmm. still scary he's still terrorizing these teens but he's do, doing it with flair the later ones like dream child and freddy's dead are like this is a comedy with with with, with murder in them yeah and that's like if if let's let's think about it for a minute if michael myers or jason Voorhees was also a child molester but nothing Murderer. changed about their no i'm saying molester like wow okay but that's why people are willing to look over that part of freddy because he's funny and like <laughs> it's it's that the, he's able to communicate and be funny and do those lines but if let's say if it was michael myers then nobody's going to like michael myers you know like <laughs> th- that's the difference between those is like if there's that weird kid element then you're and also you don't speak and you just lurk in the shadows. That's way creepier than oh, uh, welcome prime time, bitch. Like at least you're funny. I but it's, he, it's weird that people are willing to look over that, but that's like what they he, do. He does diddle kids in a boiler room, but have you heard his tight five? It is yeah, like, great. It is so good. He's very funny. Like, yeah. But it's like people are willing to look over that and then like willing to like buy your kid a Freddy doll who then the kid will sleep with. Yeah. Like I doubt most people are sleeping with the Jason or Michael Myers, you know, or Candyman or whoever it is. You know, it's Freddy just hit at that right time and 
and was that pop culture icon. Yeah, and I, I do. I mean, it's good on Freddy Krueger though to like have the wherewithal to be like, I need merchandising, bitch, Merch. and then be like, if I can get him to sleep with me, in the <laughs> I can get to their dreams easier. Uh, and we also so we get um, Patricia Arquette is uh, harming herself in the mirror, and I do love some of the the gags in this movie of the 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 sink knobs turn into claws or something like that. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. And grabber, like they, and they've really taken so much stuff of the dream world and, and made it Freddy made it dangerous, which I really, I really like in these dream sequences. And then when, when she comes to, she realizes that she has a razor blade and has cut her wrists, which mm-hmm. is um, across the road, not down the street. Uh, <laughs> is that, the, those are the terms. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that, that, that's what I vertically as opposed that's to horizontally. What I, as as a former emo kid, uh, okay. that is you gotta. That's across the road, not down the street. Um, so she ends up in the Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital, where she meets the other characters, and this is where Nancy comes back into the into the fray mm-hmm. as an intern. Which how do if, you do, fellow children? Hey, what's going on? I once took him on. And I think there's only there's there's three years between the original Elm Street and this one. I think so it that, was six that, years. Didn't she say it was six years ago? I fought him. OK, yes. So I, I was saying by the film's releases. OK, so, OK. But but yeah, I, I couldn't remember. She said that. So, yeah, it was six years. Um, but I guess good on Freddy Krueger for like setting her down a career path. Yeah, like, see, I that's why I messed with you, kid, because I knew you could make something of yourself. <laughs> I saw the potential in you. He's, so Freddy Krueger is just like a a guidance counselor whose ways are a little bit mysterious and unorthodox. I knew that bitch was going to be something. <laughs> I saw something in her. I knew when I dragged her mom down into the spirit Halloween on the bed, <laughs> it would be the motivation she needs to really make something of herself. <laughs> Uh, and do you find it because it was six years, but it's hard for me to see Nancy as anybody but a teenager because she looks the same from the first movie to the third movie. Because But they changed her hair a little bit. Now she's got a streak in her hair. And maybe that was in the first one. I don't remember. Well, she gets the streak because she gets so scared in the first one. It turns okay. part of her hair white. It did move sides, though. I did notice the goof in the IMDb page where they're like, uh. the, the hair moves. So now. Um, she is rogue from the X-Men. That's what I was going to say. She's very, yeah. it's very rogue. And, um, it, but it's hard for me to like see her as uh, yeah, almost a doctor. Cause I'm like, she looks so young and she looks the same age as these other kids. I guess you just never respected Doogie Hauser, MD. He no, was I also, didn't. he was also <laughs> a child and was a medical doctor as well. So let's not be so ages here on who and who can't be doctors. Uh, no, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> um and it, but then also we find out later in the movie that the reason that the all these kids are seeing freddie is they're the last of the elm street kids there's our motivation yeah the elm street kids are children of the parents who murdered freddie krueger after mm-hmm. he got off on that technicality he was set on fire and in his house and then became the dream demon that we all know and love and i love the different characters that that that, that you outlined earlier in this I think my favorite is Kincaid yeah. because he just says he has the best lines in the movie because mm-hmm. he does not give a single fuck about anything. No, he no. Is, and he's got such a distinctive speaking voice too. 
that yeah. like if he back in the day, I'm, maybe he did, but like if he did voice work, he would have a great speaking voice for cartoons and stuff. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite lines is when Philip begins sleepwalking. Philip's kid is like the, the sleepwalking kid. Mm-hmm. Freddie takes him over um, because he, he turns him into a puppet, which I think is a very gross scene. Yeah. It's just cutting his limbs open and then like making his tendons, the, the puppet strings. Also, you get a Freddie puppet, which also is from the tool, <laughs> the, the tool schism video. Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know the pieces piece fit. fit. <laughs> so that's what i think of i'm like this is the schism video yeah uh but he begins sleepwalking out and kincaid's like have a nice trip asshole <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like that's your friend that's your even, friend like even like in a you know when that in between wake and uh sleep he's still an asshole <laughs> like i i i wouldn't have the energy to muster up calling this dude an asshole you know like <laughs> but he finds a way he does um, away, and it's it's truly inspiring. I, I was inspired to call somebody else an asshole while they were sleeping. Yeah, asshole. Well, let's talk about that kill with uh with Philip the sleepwalker, because he you know it, I don't it, you said tendons or or veins, but it's like very I I said veins, but like to pull your veins out of your arms and manipulate you like a puppet, it just. We can we can all like think of our forearms getting getting ripped yeah, open. It's oh. very cringy. Yeah, anything with with like feet or tendons are being pulled or whatever. Because you just have to imagine the, the excruciating pain that would cause, mm-hmm. and then to just be puppeted up the stairs and just it's a very it's one of the grossest kills in the franchise mm-hmm. by far. And the other thing about Elm Street Three is that this is when you truly start to see the creativity of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, where his kills become more big set pieces as opposed to killing somebody just in their dream. I know Tina in the first one and Johnny Depp in the first one were, were, were very iconic for the blood bed and mm-hmm. the getting drug on the ceiling, but it's still he's just slashing them while they're sleeping. But it's this more is than like a, a knife glove to the gut. Yeah, he's doing it. He's doing a lot of improv on this one. Mm-hmm. He's doing some improv of like, well, uh, he likes puppets, huh? Uh, yeah. Yes, and what if the strings were actually his veins? It's it's like when they did Pimp My Ride, and it's like, oh, you're into fish. Well, we put a fish tank in your car. <laughs> you like heard puppets. You like, <laughs> <laughs> heard you like puppets, so I'm going to pull your veins out and kill you like a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit. And that great visual of him in like what are the, the bell tower or whatever, and then Freddy's in the sky behind him. Just a great visual. Yeah. Um, and then ha- just the just the horror of watching the other kids like try to yell for him to wake up mm-hmm. is just like because you know he's not going to. Yeah. So it's it's very sad. It, it's it's it, it's very sad that and then he, it just looks like he jumps off and mm-hmm. there is suicide. Yeah, there are some. Uh, we did miss the Freddy Worm who tries to eat Kristen's yeah. character. I remember that scene so distinctly because when I watched this movie for the first time, it was at a friend's house. And my friend's mom was watching with us and she was always very like over dramatic about things like these mm-hmm. big over dramatic. I can still hear her retching. Like, like she's going to throw up at that scene. She's like, ugh, 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 I can't watch this. Uh, so I think of that every time I see that scene. Well, that's kind of, I guess an iconic scene. I thought it went on for longer and occur. It happened more in this movie, but it was very 
brief, but I, you you collect horror figures as well as I do, and I have. Yes. There's some of them called uh, movie maniacs, like scenes from movies. I I mm-hmm. think what's what they're called, but that's a scene where the Freddy worm is eating uh, Patricia Arquette. Yes, and mm-hmm. it, and like I have, I don't, I'm not even a Freddy fan, but over there in the corner, I have one of him coming out of the wall, his face looking down on the bed and another one i don't have this but it's the claw coming up from the tub like yeah his really like to to it was the screen grab is what they're called to really capture those moments are so iconic and horror and that that worm is definitely one of them but i was like i thought it was in the movie more but it's pretty quick yeah it, it tries to start eating her and then nancy gets pulled into Kristen's dream and then stabs him in the eye mm-hmm. um that's a that's like a full practical effect freddy worm puppet so mm-hmm. for them to only use it for that one scene is like oh oh well okay you really did build this for this mm-hmm. one purpose which i guess movies do all the time but it just seems like such a huge if I had to make that puppet, it'd be in every scene. It would be the star of the movie. Yeah, it would just be a worm. Freddie yeah. would be a worm the whole time. And we're talking about money and, and budgets. This is $4.5 million, and it made $44.8 million. Released February 27th, 1987. So that came out like three weeks after I was born. Yeah. So that yeah. this is the closest thing we got to Gavin. Yeah, yeah. I, I I popped out the womb so I could go see Dream Warriors. They, they got a, one ticket, please. They got you on the hypno sale pretty early. They got me on it. You got to wean off real early. Um, one thing I will say about how mental health is portrayed in this movie, it's not great because uh, Philip jumps off there that they assume it's suicide, and then the next thing he couldn't like, take it, man. Well, well, well. Let's talk about it. And they're like, he quit, and it's like. Mm-hmm. That's such a shitty thing to say. <laughs> like you're, I don't think you're supposed to. I've been in therapy long enough now that, that you're not supposed to be like, well, he quit. He gave up. What a quitter. Yeah, like he was weak. <laughs> like they barely scraped him off the pavement, and they're like, he fucking quit. Yeah, and that so. it's it's also aided by the the one male doctor, and maybe you have his name ready, but uh, the 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 other male doctor who. I think originally was supposed to have a relationship with Nancy because it, 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 in the movie, it looks like it's going that way a little bit. You can't have somebody be face to face with a fire, with a fireplace behind them and not think <laughs> that the, they're about to make out, but it's like yeah, about this, the keyest. Nancy's what? 22, 25 tops. And this guy's yeah. 40. Like, like what are, what are they? Dan cook and his bride. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Y'all he's a child groomer. i have i think his was his name lorenzo or maybe we could just call him the doctor the the doctor oh there you go yeah and he's the the one willing to say maybe we should try this experimental drug uh hypnocell it's effective for management of psychotic disorders for sedation where dreamless sleep is considered optimal but dr elizabeth sims the other doctor's like no no they killed themselves. Let's not have this delusion. She just seems like she's there to clock in and clock out with the crazies. Yeah. Like she's very, she's that character of denies what's happening. You need the, you need the guy to say, no, this is not a, a this is a, a mass hallucination and nothing else. You know, you need the yeah. person to not give in. Otherwise you wouldn't have a movie if they're like, yeah, let's just put them on hypnosil. You know? <laughs> like, oh, cool. Is that it? Is that it? 
Awesome. Dope. Uh, One thing Nightmare on Elm Street 3 does is it gives a definitive origin to Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. Which is the most edgelord thing they could have done for this person. All these other characters, Michael Myers has, he kills his sister. We don't know why, except Mm -hmm. he might be the manifestation of evil. Jason Voorhees uh, drowned, unfortunately, so he has a very tragic backstory. And they're like, what? What could we do to Freddy Krueger to really up the ante? What could we do? And they're like, what if he was the bastard son of a hundred maniacs where there's a nun who gets sexually assaulted multiple hundreds of times and then gives birth to their seed over a holiday weekend at the sanitarium. (laughs) That's Labor Day. It it didn't even have to be a holiday weekend. It could have been just a regular. Yeah. Did nobody just check to see if Amanda Kruger was out? They're like, everybody said, no, we good. We good. She, she'll, yeah. she'll find her way out. I'm, it's Thanksgiving, baby. I'm not trying to think too much. <laughs> they actually showed this scene in, I can't remember if it's uh, Dream Master or Dream Child. I remember this scene. Yeah. 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 They're all so knowing that that context and seeing the scene, all the maniacs are like wearing like dirty brown tunics. Mm-hmm. And then there's Robert England without the makeup on, who's just like the skeeziest man imaginable. Like, hey, what's this going on? What's going on? Strong so, sperm on this one. It's the most edgy backstory that you could possibly give a horror villain. Do you how do you how do you feel about that origin story of him being like the product of like maniac rape? I think I think the the tagline of the bastard son of a hundred maniacs is really cool, <laughs> like <laughs> t- the son of a hundred maniacs. But then the method of, oh yeah, she got raped a whole bunch of times, and you're like, oh. And it, of course, the the method in the movies, there's a a nun that appears to the doctor, and it turns out you know to be a ghost. But what a what a uh, an odd origin story that it's not like. If you just stopped at the bastard son of a hundred maniacs and didn't tell me the rest of it, I'd be like, that's pretty cool. But then you find out and you're like, oh, I don't like this. You know? <laughs> it's a it's a very cool tagline and sounds like a, a, a dope band name. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, when you start explaining how the sausage is made, like, I think we could have put it together in our own minds. But they're like, oh, in case you didn't get it, just in case. uh, In case you didn't hear. (laughs) Holiday weekend. It was MLK weekend. (laughs) Everybody had gone home for the weekend. (laughs) It just also seems weird that they're going to let a hundred maniacs just loose in the same place. Like (laughs) there's no cells or anything or big room, just a big old room. That seems like a liability. Sounds like at least a. It seems at least like a fire hazard, like to have that many people in one locked room together. That seems like a liability. And surely not all the maniacs are in it for sex. Yeah. Some of them are probably just there to, because they're just doing regular maniac shit, like pooping on walls or stuff. It's just, (laughs) uh, but uh, uh, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs is a cool tagline. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that... uh, you know, there's not really an origin. Sto- there's an origin story to Jason and stuff, but I think this is a, a, a cool origin story, don't you think? I think it's a cool. I I, I do think it, it it explains a lot about Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. and still he could have grown up to be just like a regular person. He could have just because he could have just been a regular normal guy who, despite his circumstances of being born that way, 
could have gone on to do like whatever. Yeah. But because he became a, a child murderer and a dream demon, it's like this makes the most sense for us. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad they they explained it. And it, it does have a cool reveal of like the the nun was a ghost. Ghost. Yeah. And I usually uh it's what there's an origin story. I don't I don't want to know. That's part of the mystery of these characters, but I'm I'm fine with this origin story. Um, can we now speak about the other crime that took place in this film let's have some straight talk go ahead let's have some real talk scared (laughs) are we talking are we doing straight talk or scared straight because i'll yell at you (laughs) you want to go to jail you want to go to jail no i i just just don't like to tuck my shirt in at school you ain't fucking tough (laughs) we eat you in here (laughs) (laughs) we eat you (laughs) but uh, there's uh, the scene where they all do the group hypnosis together to try to track down Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. and Joey teardrop tattoo Joey um, who's been making eyes at the nurse oh, starts, yeah. so starts flirting. Uh, the, the nurse is like, Hey Joey, I notice you. And I know it's Freddy Krueger being mm-hmm. his, a dream demon, but if that boy was actually being <laughs> groomed by a nurse. So we'd be like, this isn't okay. Teachers have gone to prison for this. But the, th- the thing is, it's a it's a an adult woman and a then a child boy. It's okay, Gavin. Yeah. It's actually it, it, it's more than okay. It's actually nice. Nice. It's it, but then like it it happened and I knew right away because I was like, I wonder if there's going to be nudity. And in my head I'm like, this could be the a candidate for the best nudity in a movie <laughs> like yeah for and our that, end, end of the season awards yeah and that nurse and that nurse has a has a set on her let me tell you they are <laughs> <laughs> but but then again we're also like yeah that's a, a boy i don't know if he's even if he's over 18 it's still weird that dynamic he's a man but, he, he's a man now he uh, well according to producer sarah uh risher the role that the producer spent the most time interviewing and auditioning was for marcy the nurse can you imagine <laughs> they spent the most time on that gavin uh the seduces joey uh, but then turns into freddie now nurse marcy while seducing joey was originally supposed to turn into a she freddie with uh with alden uh, that's the lady, Stacey Alden, wearing Freddy's mask. Roy H. Wagner had a second thoughts about the after seeing the she Freddy. Uh, he said, looked uh, in practice, stating that Freddy with breast is too off kilter. So Freddy with titties, titty Freddy. Uh, the concept, <laughs> titty, Kruger. <laughs> titty Kruger. The concept <laughs> of she Freddy was uh, uh, substituted with having the nurse shoot uh uh, tongues at Joey to wrap him up and then switched out for Freddie. I noticed during that tongue scene that there, Freddie Krueger has a lot of tongue based offense. Yeah, with the phone, <laughs> the beginning with yeah. the phone at the, yeah. the first one. I'm your boyfriend now. Blah, 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 like, <laughs> yeah, tongue into the phone and then just shooting four tongues at this at, at this boy. Yeah, and tied to the bed and. I think Joey's still into it. I I don't think that he's like, well, probably a a virgin or close to it. And he's like, you know what? I could, I could do this. All right. Whatever it takes. Bring, you know what? Bring Titty Freddy in here. Bring in Titty (laughs) Krueger and I'll make it work. I'll make it work. I I think I can just, I'll just look away and just let him. him. It's the bastard titty of a hundred titties. 
I was going to say slob on my knob only because I listened to three, six mafia this morning. <laughs> just, just like, let's get Teddy Krueger in here to slob on my knob. And we'll, and we'll see where it goes. Okay. It's, it's the, the same sweater, but the tits are cut out. So can, <laughs> but like somehow burnt with faces on them. Cause you did get the scene later when Freddie pulls his shirt up and there's like hit faces of, of children in his body, yeah. which is a cool effect. Also, she's wearing that dirty brown hat and he's like, no, no hat <laughs> comes off during this. Titty Freddie. But Titty. Joey's Joey's horniness is what kind of derails everything because then he gets captured in the dream world and becomes in, in a coma. Mm-hmm. Suspended over a pit of fire or whatever it is. Yeah. Which, which we saw last in Krampus. That yep. is the same. That is the same Krampus pit. It is. That's true. <laughs> Look it up. It's the Krampus pit. <laughs> and then, so the the next part is where I think the movie really shines, where they get to be their cool selves. Mm-hmm. Where you've got the Wizard Master, you've got Kincaid, who also has the best line. the The best line in the movie is by Kincaid when they're getting ready to go to save Joey, mm-hmm. and he goes. Let's let's kick this motherfucker's ass all over dreamland. I was like, this cool motherfucker. Like yeah. this guy is so cool. Well, and we also we we didn't really talk about this guy, but what's what's his name? Uh, Larry Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. No, but in the in the movie, it's he's not Lawrence Fishburne yet. It's I think it's Larry. Yeah, this is one of his first acting roles. I think this yeah. is one of his early works. Uh, but I did want to point that out because it's, you know, of course, you know that his name's Laura, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. But yes. he's like, yeah, just whatever. Put it up there. Put it up let's, there. Let's kick this motherfucker's ass all over Dream War. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I want to start every day from now on. Just yeah. wake up and oh, kick this motherfucker's <laughs> ass all over Dreamland. Sweet dreams, asshole. <laughs> um, they also do bring in Nancy's father again because. There's this whole John Saxon. Yeah. Yeah. There's this whole, whole subplot about how, well, they, you can't kill Freddie until you kill his bones. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, it was never found. So they have to go to the, to a junkyard, which is, they just put it in a car. <laughs> they just put his burnt ass in a car. The, the junkyard is full of Christine's because <laughs> they move and also have, you know, this is a spoiler alert uh, for Halloween ends. Fast forward. That's the same junkyard they crushed Michael Myers' body in. Wow. I didn't know that. Is that? Wow. That's I true. There's a lot that goes uh, into this. There's a lot of world building. And the ju- the junkyard dog is the same dog from Goosebumps. Holy shit. Are you serious? That's true, man. I wondered why the junkyard dog's eyes glowed green yeah. and then, then said you're in for a scare. I thought yeah. it was like an Easter egg, but <laughs> wow, it, it all comes together. It all And comes it's also together. very common to have a junkyard dog be a golden retriever because <laughs> they're <laughs> known for being so vicious. <laughs> well, that's what Airbud did after he retired from the NBA. Yeah, he, he got a bunch a of tattoos and <laughs> and drove truck. Anybody can drive truck. <laughs> um, yeah. So we get we get the uh, the themed killings. They decide let's go let's go kick this motherfucker's ass, and we get <laughs> the, uh, the, the themed killings. Yeah, I mean based on their powers. What what's her name? Taryn. Did I say that yeah. right? Taryn. Yeah. Uh, she. We get a great uh, visual of Freddie with the syringe uh, knife glove. 
Yeah, I I like the fact that she is she wants to be beautiful and bad, and mm-hmm. bad is just a mohawk and some switchblades. Yeah, which her fighting with switchblades to Freddie was actually really cool. I thought that was a cool scene, and just he, she stabs him a bunch, mm-hmm. but then yeah, he does the syringe fingers, which is actually on a couple different shirts. There's like a mm-hmm. dare shirt that has the Freddy Krueger finger syringe on there. There's a Funko Pop of syringe finger Freddy Krueger as well. Mm-hmm. So I there's a lot of gross stuff in this movie with the veins coming out for the, for, for the puppet kill. Yeah, there is her something track really marks talk, her like track talking. marks being like mama looking oh, like gross. gross. I thought of member berries for some reason you from remember? South Park. Just Halloween. put the needle in me. You remember? Chase the dragon, I remember. <laughs> for so, for some reason, I expected the marks to be all pussy, which is a an even grosser thing. Uh, the grossest thing I've ever seen in any movie ever uh, was: Have you seen uh, *Requiem for a Dream*? No, I haven't. I heard it's yeah, it's hard. It's it's a hard watch. There's a scene in that where um, the, he has, Jared Leto is doing heroin and he puts it into like a blown track mark. Where it's just like his arm is rotting off and he's still doing heroin. It's like it is the grossest thing I've ever seen. So anything that slightly slightly reminds me of Requiem for a Dream in that scene, mm-hmm. I'm 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 immediately out. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'm good. That rem- it's not. I don't probably not similar, but the movie Dead Alive. Did you ever see that? Yes, uh-huh. Peter Jackson. Where there's like yes. pus. Ugh, oh, I hate in the, anything in, with in, pus. in the soup. Ugh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gross. But uh, yeah, t- she, yeah, she she does die with the track mark. I always get Taryn confused with the weightlifter girl in Dream Master. I always get them confused. I always think the syringe kill is in four instead of three, mm-hmm. but that's just me. And those same syringes were the, the the in the pit in Saw when that lady falls in the, the needle pit. And they were originally in, uh, <laughs> and they were originally in Reanimator. That's the one that he's always used in the Reanimator juice. These that that syringe got a lot of work in the eighties and the early two thousands. <laughs> Good for the syringe, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Requiem for a Dream. Now, now I think about it, I'm checking the IMDb. It's like yeah. syringe from Elm Street. That's nuts, man. That's that's you know some. It's like uh, the guy who who played Leprechaun. He. What's that guy? What's that guy's name? Warwick Davis. Yeah, he just you know, anytime there's a little person role, it's him. Yeah, it doesn't matter if, if it's not a little person role. If they need an adult sized man, they clone him and stack him on top of each That's other. True. Yeah. Nicholas Cage has been played by Warwick Davis since 2007. <laughs> I want the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> uh, then we have Will chased by uh, a, a very sharp wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this wheelchair it would be like if if Lemmy from Motorhead had to be in a wheelchair, or like if Triple H came out at WrestleMania, he'd have like a badass badass wheelchair. <laughs> that is the, uh, when, when the wheelchair started seeing Ace of Spades. I'm like, holy shit! It is the Motorhead wheelchair. It is. Um, also, because Will is in a wheelchair, he's immediately a front runner for most annoying character in our end of season awards. That's true. It's uh, him it and Franklin. Go- yeah, it's only <laughs> it only goes to people in wheelchairs. It, uh, <laughs> we don't make the rules. It just, hey, it just, it's our show, uh, and we make the rules, but we don't make the rules. 
I love that he goes, I am the wizard master, which mm-hmm. is the, the, the nerdiest D&D thing you can do, but you can't say D&D because it's copywritten. I just love that his idea of a wizard master is him being able to walk and in a Dracula cape. <laughs> like that, like that's it. A Dracula cape that does not fit him. Yeah, well, you got to keep the budget at four and a half million dollars. And <laughs> after a badass wheelchair for that scene, you can't have too much. Uh, the fun fact, the wheelchair was 95% of the budget. <laughs> it also went to play the wheelchair and silver bullet. So that's... <laughs> I'm just glad for these inanimate objects. <laughs> they're getting a lot of work. There's like a whole guild for them just to make sure yeah. they're getting the rights or whatever. And this so, is where it feels a very video game esque. You got the one showdown, and that's the theme showdown, and then the other, you know, wheelchair one feels very video game. I just, I, I think it's hilarious that Freddie's just like a dick about like when you wake up, you're back in the chair. Like, <laughs> like, damn, Freddie, yeah, be be funny, but damn, that that cut too deep. Yeah, uh, one death that, and then he gets kind of killed just like a glove to the gut, which is kind of boring. Like Wizard yeah. Master has super Wizard Master can shoot lasers and shit, and then he's just like, all right, stab you in the gut, and you there dead. you go, kid, yeah. We did skip over one of the most iconic deaths in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was Jennifer, if you want to go ahead and share with us about that. Yeah, she's uh, sitting there watching the the talk show. And I have, uh, it was uh, Dick Cavett's talk show uh, with Zsa Zsa Gabor. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, I guess what her, her method of staying awake is, is burning herself with cigarettes, right? Which there's got to be, like, I know we made fun of Kristen for eating coffee. But that's mm-hmm. way better than just like burning myself like cigarettes, like I'm Judd's character from uh, from Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. Just and then she'll do like there. Here's menthol. Here's whatever. Here's what she knows the the different kinds of cigarettes she's using. But she's trying to stay awake, and her goal is to get out to Hollywood, become an actress. And uh, I have in the shooting script, uh, Sally Kellerman was supposed to appear on Dick Cavett's talk show, but Cavett allegedly handpicked Zsa Zsa Gabor personally after being given the opportunity to choose who he thought would, uh, should appear in the show and be slaughtered by Freddie. According to Robert England, all her uh, reactions and dialogue were completely improvised. He says, Miss Gabor, who is probably just grateful to be asked to be appear in a movie again. Uh, <laughs> apparently didn't read the script or bother to do any research on the nightmare flicks. I guess her agent told her, I have a job for you. And all she said was great. What time should I show up? (laughs) Uh, Darling. (laughs) That's how it's spelled out. Uh, Not realizing that she was about to throw down with a burnt to Chris serial killer during the fake talk show where she's interviewed by Dick Cavett, all the reactions on her on film, hundred percent genuine. She didn't know who the fuck Freddie was. So when I jumped out, she had a mild freak out. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and, you go, go ahead. Well then, you know, she, what does she walk up to the TV? Yes. Uh, and we get one of the most iconic kills is Freddie's head pops up from the TV. And then we get some robot arms on the TV and uh, he, he, throws her face into the tv and we get the line welcome to prime time bitch which was improvised by robert england actually yeah. and that um, that's a, that's the kind of stuff that 
when you know they replaced Robert England in the remake and uh, Jackie Earl Haley did a good job as the character but nobody's going to be happy if they're a, an Elm Street fan to see not their guy in that role oh I absolutely. don't envy anybody that has to do that and unlike Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees you can't just put somebody else under the mask and it still be the same character yeah, Robert England is Freddy Krueger it's it's the difference between losing a lead singer and losing a bass player yeah you know uh and then we get the the image of her head sticking out of the tv which is a great image my question though is because i think lawrence fishburne finds her Mm -hmm. and her head's like in tv how the fuck does he think she did that uh on her own she killed herself (laughs) there's no there's no chair for her to stand on so essentially she would have to run full force at the TV and also have the vertical of Michael Jordan yeah. and just go head first into the TV. I know it's a little nitpicky thing, but you can't see that and be like, well, clearly this was a suicide. Yeah. It's yeah. She shot herself in the back of the head twice. Clearly <laughs> back to the left. <laughs> she also looked like the girl from the ring trying to get back into the TV. <laughs> That's what you never see. I recently watched Ringu, the, the the Japanese original. Yeah. And you see her come out of the TV, but do you think it's embarrassing when she has to go back in? Excuse where, me. And then <laughs> uh, I need to cut. Can you put to channel three, please? I need. Yeah, I need the I need, I need the picture of the well. I need is, the. Yeah, it's got to be on uh, three. It's like a Nintendo. <laughs> I can't go in. You're watching Nick at Night right now. Uh, if I go in there, it's going to be it's going to make no sense. I'm, I'm going to ruin this episode of the Honeymooners. OK, I'm going to be in the chocolate episode of Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we so we got three. We have those kills. And then the, the, the other three, we got Nancy. We have uh, what's what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, John Saxton. Yes, but then I'm talking about the two kids. Uh, we have Nancy, uh, and then we have Kincaid, and then who else uh, goes Joey? down to the house? Joey, the kid who can't talk. I like that his superpower is he can finally talk. I know. Like what? What a shitty raw deal. He not not even like sing really well. Just like, hey guys, yeah, like <laughs> hey hey, what's up? Uh, they they go down into I guess Freddie's house. And they're walking through, but that, that we didn't, we left the part where they go see John Saxton at the bar or Saxon. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, then that they have to go find Freddie's bones, which then that's where it gets weird where you got to like bury the bones for real. Cause that seems like a trope that would be in other horror movies, you know? Yeah. You got to burn the, yeah. You got to salt and burn the bones. And I just, the idea that, that they burn this man's house down and because the police were involved, they're like, well, I don't know why they didn't. Is, is there any point to not burying him or not? I, he doesn't I don't know. deserve the burial. Deserve. We're going to leave so, his ass in a junkyard. My favorite thing they did, though, is that they did put him in the junkyard and they put him in a trunk, but they bring him back. Freddie somehow manages to like reanimate his bones. And these dumb assholes let him keep his glove. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up. He's like, oh, OK, guess I'll just stab you some more as a, as a skelly boy. Yeah. And, and again, I it's hard for me to find a skeleton scary, whether it be in the this first night on Elm Street or there's that scene in The Shining, which we didn't talk about last week with Wendy's running through. And then all of it cuts to like New Year's Eve, 1920 or something. And there's mm-hmm. just skeletons. 
it's it's there there's a scene in scary movie too when she's like cindy this is bones it can't do nothing <laughs> <laughs> or in pole poultry guys when all the bones keep pop up and i was like yeah they're, i mean they're they're already dead like this is just- bones like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard for me to find the only like uh scary skeleton is probably like house on haunted hill the old one with uh vince was it vincent price yes or whatever but uh yeah, it's it, skeletons is just what we use to decorate the front yard and during Halloween. Yeah. They're not scary, you know. I mean, nowadays, like that, if that Freddy skeleton is, isn't 12 feet tall that I got at Home Depot, mm-hmm. I ain't fucking with it. No, no. Th- and then we're going to put a little Santa hat on it, keep it up for two more months. <laughs> <laughs> Pilgrim's hats. We get to, we keep it up all year. Turkey. Um, <laughs> and then we, uh, was it uh, John uh, Saxon is, is killed by Freddy? Yeah, because he fights a skeleton with a finger knife glove on it. You don't you gotta want to de- mess with got to got to deglove him. But yeah, he gets stabbed and then thrown into like just some metal, just just, just some sharp some metal pipes. as as you as you want to see at a at, junk at a yard. junkyard. He gets uh it reminds me of the, like you remember when like WWF or WCW would have like a street fight. Yeah, somehow end up in a junkyard. Yes, or whatever. And then they should have declawed Freddy. You know, I'm yeah. I'm not for declawing cats, but I'm for declawing Freddy. Cougar. Yeah, Freddy. Freddy will tear up your furniture. He is. <laughs> God he damn is it, not. Freddy! <laughs> I just got this goddamn couch. He's got the Get away from bottle. the rug. Go, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Don't you talk to me? Don't you call me, bitch? I'm not giving you any wet food. You call me. I bitch like your again. mom. I like your mom, Titty Kruger, much better. <laughs> Where's Teddy Kruger at? <laughs> uh, and then w- we get the, the the souls of the children coming out of his, his body. Uh, we get the junkyard skeleton, baby. I that, I wrote that in all caps. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't go in the junkyard if there were dogs, but definitely wouldn't go if it was patrolled by skeletons, like T- <laughs> T-800s or whatever from... <laughs> Like I don't know. I can see no scenario where a junk car would need either skeletons or T eight hundreds to protect whatever shit they have. It it has junk in the title. (laughs) Well, listen, I heard there's some catalytic converters in there, just right for the (laughs) (laughs) He died trying to get a catalytic converter off a Cadillac. He died doing what he he died doing what he loved. Hands off the ca- hands off the converter. Dumb, <laughs> <laughs> we're dumb. Yeah, uh, and then the, the 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 heinous thing I thought was when Nancy's dad shows back up and he says, "I, baby, I crossed over," but then it turns out to be not him. That way, well, it's a heinous thing. She doesn't know he's dead, but it's like to to take the manifestation of a dead person, somebody you love so much, and then not be him. Yeah, it's pretty crappy of him. Yeah. <laughs> that child murderer has absolutely no no respect for the sanctity no. hey. of not pretending to be a dead dad. I don't get no respect. Hey, oh. <laughs> uh, and then we uh, Nancy. Nancy gets it. Yeah. I've forgotten that Nancy gets it because she does show back up in a new nightmare playing herself. Yeah. But, yeah, she gets it so the other kids could get out alive. How do you feel about Nancy as the final girl in this one? Because the first one, she's pretty Kevin McAllister. She's pretty resourceful. 
Yeah, she's like hitting straps. him with pans and yeah, she's hitting him with pans and shit and just Paint cans like, coming down from the ceiling and spider <laughs> micro <spider>. machines. Rigger <laughs> friggin' 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 bitch. <laughs> I love that any Freddy Krueger impression can be anybody else until you say the word bitch. Bitch. <laughs> you see, you take the pudding and the pops and the bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna make it all very good reviews, Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> um, I I think she's good in this. I think she's definitely six years wiser, so that yeah. she's able to go in there and know that, like, oh, pull me into your dreams. We can do some stuff. We 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 can be wizards or big mm-hmm. strong guys. I love that Kincaid as the strong man in in the dream has a weight belt on, like 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 he works at UPS. I noticed that. I was yeah. like, well, I mean, Dream Kincaid ain't trying to throw his back out. No, he's I mean, very I, much a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get a he's he team lifts at one point a big couch. So I love yeah. that. Um, but yeah, she's trying to save him. So her sacrificing herself so the others can get out and save Joey um is really, really mm-hmm. I, I I enjoyed that. Yeah, I I I like the movie. Um, and then we get the the reveal that uh it was Amanda Kruger, the uh the nun was uh freddie's mom and that yeah. this was supposed to be the end of the nightmare uh i guess it would have been trilogy at the time but of course when something does well what do you got to do gavin make some more you gotta make some more and the we'll we'll probably cover dream master at some point but i love that the ending of this movie is immediately negated at the beginning of nightmare on Elm street 4 because they, they they kill kincaid and joey immediately it's some of the yeah, at least Kincaid, one of the better characters. Where it's just, I know, just uh, him getting killed, killed in the junkyard, going Freddy's back. It's but like, they, huh? then don't they bring Freddy back on the fourth one by dog pissing on his bones or something? I think so. And like, <laughs> like, like, like the piss turns to fire. And yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, good. Um, we've got some other concept for script ideas. Uh, both John Saxon, the cop, and the dad. And uh, Robert England wrote their own scripts. Apparently, Saxon's script called it was called "How the Nightmare on Elm Street All Began," uh, which was a prequel <laughs> story. That's a it's a mouthful. <laughs> a long long ass title there, John. It was called the uh, the nightmare should be called the dark uh, the dark night rises. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> The nightmare begins. Maybe uh, Freddie would ultimately turn out to have been innocent, or at least set up by uh, the murderers uh, uh, of Charlie Charles Manson. So it was him and his followers that framed Freddie, who, along with his followers, would have been the main culprit of the murders. Freddie would be forced by the mob of angry parents to make a confession of the crimes, which would enrage them further. After they lynch Freddie, he comes back to avenge his wrongful death by targeting the parents' uh, children. In England's treatment, called Freddie's Funhouse, the protagonist uh, would have been Tina Gray's older sister. So Tina, remember back the lady that got dragged on the ceiling, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Her older sister uh, comes back from college to figure out what what happened with the murder and ends up. Uh, coming back to Springwood to investigate how she died in the script. Freddie had claimed that 1428 Elm street house as his own in the dream world, setting up booby traps like Nancy did against him. According to England, part of it later ended up being used in the pilot episode of Freddie's nightmares. That's that, uh, I think anthology type show. Yes. Uh, so th- that, that was uh, their two other concepts. I, I think the one with Charlie Manson is just like, what? 
that's a little that's that that that's a bridge too far for me because you been the first two movies setting up that he did all these heinous things mm-hmm. and then to be like it was it was Charlie Manson and because an innocent man who gets killed like that doesn't usually come back and kill kids yeah now mm-hmm. now it's even if you were innocent or not now you're just a dick anyway you know yeah you're just like yeah yeah so i i don't like that one the fun the funhouse one seems to be pretty okay as well uh, seems it seems to be okay though but i really like what they did with, with this one yeah uh any other final thoughts or anything on this one before we wrap it up here gavin really like this one it's probably my favorite of the nightmare on elm street franchise just because the cast of characters are so memorable and i can tell you what this movie is actually about aside from like the first one and this one the the next three dream master dream child and freddy's dead all kind of blend together because they just run into each other like with seamlessly because it's like well what happened in four and five are kind of the same thing because you have like the character of alice and both of them mm-hmm. with the child and stuff so i those become kind of indistinguishable for me but dream warriors hits that perfect mix of funny freddy a great cast of characters and still being pretty scary mm-hmm. uh, for, for a general audience. And some great kills. Like when they, when they're making uh, figures out of those kills, or uh, I've seen an ornament of the, the, the TV with the, yes, the, his, his head. So like, those are memorable things, especially the, the glove with the syringes. So yeah, absolutely. Um, what's your, Oh shit moment. Uh, ooh. Oh shit moment for this one, I think is probably going to be probably Nancy getting killed. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big oh shit moment because I forgot that she gets killed. Yeah, I thought that's that mine she too. I knew she didn't come back for anything until New Nightmare, mm-hmm. which is which I really want to cover on on this. Um, because that's a really good good one. And really yeah. one and one of the first things to do go go like the meta route. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, but I forget that she died. So when, when she died, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, that's right. She died. She, it wasn't that she just didn't want to do yeah. anymore. She has died. So that's my oh shit moment. I, I also forgot one of my notes was that Wes Craven's original concept was Freddie attacking a crew, making, uh, a movie about Freddie. Like, so it was, it was pretty much Freddie's new nightmare, Wes Craven's new nightmare before it actually happened. Oh, cool. So that was shelved. That was the kind of one of the original concepts for this one. Yeah. And I said, no way. Um, <laughs> my, my oh shit is also Nancy dying because, you know, I, I've seen the whole franchise, but I'm not a super fan of it. And just knowing that, that that's the lady that's this from this franchise. She's mm-hmm. in three of them. And then to realize, oh, yeah, she's dead. <clears throat> You're like, oh, okay. I, I, I thought she was around for longer. Yeah, so it that was a bummer. Uh, what was your favorite kill? Uh, the uh, the puppet one. Yeah, the puppet kill. Yeah, the puppet one for me is probably. Uh, yeah, the puppet one one for it's gonna be the puppet one for me as well because I think that that that's the most visually disgusting. Mm-hmm. It also has like the most to it and the most it's 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 the most involved kill. Yeah. Uh, if you like this one, what movie should people check out? Um, any of the other Nightmare on Elm Street series, I think that you're going to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. We, if you like this one, you'll like the rest of the franchise, even when the franchise isn't at its best. And I, I would argue that some of the worst Nightmare on Elm Street movies are 
some of the worst uh, of like the of, of the slasher genre like freddy's mm-hmm. dead's a terrible movie but the other ones have enough for redeeming qualities that you can enjoy um so i think nightmare on elm street would be really good um and then anything else by Wes Craven is probably going to be enjoyable. Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, mm-hmm. uh, The People Under the Stairs, which I think Wes Craven also did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So got that, screen that's that where we I would covered. Go. And I mm-hmm. would say go back if you, for some reason, not have seen the first one, but you've seen the third one. <laughs> go watch the first one. I would say uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And if you really like the angle of the kids taking on the baddie i would say it chapter one and chapter mm-hmm. two uh or the the mini series and probably stranger things oh yeah there there there's like a cool stranger things vibe to dream warriors so yeah, yeah. also be sure to listen to that dope track by Dokken. yeah the dream warriors dream warriors yeah Dokken, so that's what you and uh, you and i are about to do after this episode's <laughs> over we're about to Doc. when your penis welcomes mine and says welcome to prime time bitch i feel really seen i feel welcome, so seen. welcome to my slime bitch <laughs> oh god it's so gross it's so gross uh yeah uh, gavin you have a, a, a youtube channel called gavin loves horror yep uh i also uh gavin has been on my other podcast called the field trip with brent terhune he's been on a bunch of movie related episodes and non-movie stuff um and uh go ahead and uh subscribe to us and wherever you listen so then you can get the brand new episodes whenever they come out and give us a a five-star review if you're so inclined on whatever platform you listen to because we like reading those reviews and this is how we got this uh suggestion for this episode yeah so if you want to uh if you see us talking on twitter i'm at gavin horror he's at brent Terhune. you see us post about the episodes or just want to drop us um, a comment and say, hey, would really lie, like you to cover this episode, cover this movie. There's a chance we'll probably do it. Also, if you review us and say, hey, love the podcast, love what you're doing. But I, I really hope that, that you cover blank one day. I check those reviews all the time. So if you want us to see it, definitely leave that five star review. If you leave it on a one star review, I will never watch your movie. Nah, I will ne- Nope. <laughs> no, be like, no, thank you. I will <laughs> not. I don't care what you want me to watch. But yeah, leave us a review, put any recommendations you might have of why, what you want us to cover, and we will most likely do it because we are uh, men of the people. Mm-hmm. Gavin, they're coming to get you, bitch. Barbara? Bitch? They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, 